0: You're listening to the Sports Adjacent.
1: Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent.
0: With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network.
1: We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent.
2: I went to two Sox games in the past week. First time I've gone since the pandemic. I took, uh, I went with Tony. All that. And then I went with my actual children. <laughs> so Tony. Tony. <laughs> That's good though. That's the way to talk is Tony lasted longer. Actually, Tony, uh, Tony, Tony stuck with it to the end.
1: Now when Tony's out south, he, he, he
0: enjoys himself over at uh, the ballpark. I just love the White Sox, man. I'm not a big baseball fan, but when people think about Chicago, right, they always want to picture the north side and downtown. And as a Southside kid and Russ, you know, it's like as a Southsiders, like, no, this is, the, this is the Chicago that I know and what I grew up with and everything that is the Southside, I, I fully embrace. Um, so like, and the Southside is such a bad rap, you know, all the time on the news and nationally and stuff like that, that like to have something specifically that you can root for, that you can wear, you know, that represents like when you put that hat on or when you have a White Sox jersey on, you know what side of town that I'm from. And having that, yeah, I just embrace all of it. So I really love the White Sox.
1: You should what try do to get do? them to be a sponsor.
0: <laughs>
1: Call Brooks <laughs> Boyer up and say, Brooks, we need a sponsorship for our podcast.
2: <laughs> what are you going to say, Jason? Well, what do you do with somebody like me who grew up in a White Sox family, but also grew up in Elgin? <laughs> I, I I hear everything you said, but none of that resonates with me personally because that wasn't my upbringing. That wasn't my experience as a kid. You but stopped, I did, but I did grow up adjacent. completely with the White Sox, South Side adjacent. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when I see things at the White Sox game. I hate when I see White Sox fans mimicking things that they do at Cubs games, like the wave and this beer snake thing. It's like. Just leave it, man. I don't think the
1: either are, they don't do the the wave at Wrigley. So that's just a Sox thing. But the beer snake thing was definitely something that they do at Wrigley often.
2: That started at Wrigley. We at Comiskey Park or guaranteed rate, the tradition is by about the sixth or seventh inning, just fighting people in the stands. And that's a good tradition. Let's keep that. Let's not start stealing traditions from other teams.
1: Can we be honest about something here? I know we had a a segment (laughs) two pods ago when it was like, they're at it again. But if you look at those videos, (laughs) I'm not going to say
2: who, but if you look at the video, common theme. I was at the White Sox game Monday night against Tampa. And this is routine. I've seen this every ballpark I've been in, but it has been more at, uh, the Sox than any other one, probably because that's where I've been to the most games, but the things that they were yelling at Kevin Kiermeyer in center field were atrocious. And what was it?
1: I said, fans are nasty. Like I low key don't like fans.
2: It's it's mm. ter- It's horrible. My kids, I was, there did you be treading and- lightly Russ?
1: What the saying? I don't like fans. I think fans will tell you that they don't like fans. I don't think like fans are nasty, man. Like I, you- and, it, and the whole, um oh, people are drunk and enjoying them. no nah, because some of that stuff you hear, that's not enjoying yourself. Like, there's some vulgar things that you hear at games. Like, <laughs> perfect example, last night, I'm in New York. For everybody out there, we're at City 11 on the Sports Adjacent
2: tour. We're starting the show right now, by the way. Welcome yeah, to absolutely. Sports Adjacent. You're hearing Russ Dorsey live from Midtown Manhattan. Yo. Jason Leisure, and we got Tony Gill over on the boards, Russ is in New York covering Cubs at Mets. And uh, oh, by the way, Sports Adjacent brought to you by Obvious Shirts. Our buddies over there. You can use promo code ADJACENT10 to get 10% off your order. Uh, good time to do it. Father's Day coming up. You still got time. Go ahead, Russ.
1: I was going to say last night at the Cubs-Mets game, there was a guy. Their press box is like right in the upper deck. Yeah. And you can you're like really close to people. And so there's a guy, young Mets fan, I'd say mid-20s, yelling vulgarities at Cubs players at the plate. And he was saying things like certain players were, you know, female genitalia. Uh, You can use your imagination there. And after a while, people were like, hey, there are kids here. (laughs) <laughs> so then the security comes over and he's like hey that's enough security guy walks away guy goes right back at it with the <laughs> uh, female genitalia phrases and then some dad in the stands like says hey that's enough and then the dude goes up in classic new york fashion "Well, you fight me then fight me then yeah all this is on my uh twitter by the way like okay i had i was I had a front row seat ringside ringside and so then the yeah. dude walking up and hitting himself in the face like come hit me come hit me and the dude's just like why why would i do that and the kids just oh no you're they, not gonna do anything so sit the, down sit down and so then after at that point security comes over they've had enough guy and his friends get kicked out as he's getting kicked out the dude takes like his hot dog and pizza slice and like tries to throw it at the dude completely missed it almost hit a kid like it was bad and so then as he's leaving people are like almost getting into fights with this dude because everybody's like yeah get him the fuck out of here
2: and then come do something then and it was it was a whole ordeal man that but that same thing could happen at a starbucks in new york i feel like probably (laughs) probably (laughs) one of my favorite things when I went to a Yankees game at the new Yankee Stadium a few years ago and one of my favorite things there was the way that the fans heckle the fans. They will heckle you if you don't sit down quickly enough when you're getting up to get food. And the whole set, like different people in the whole section will start yelling things at you until you finally get it and sit down and I was entertained greatly by that. I saw a guy, you know you were talking about the guy getting in fights on his way out. I saw a guy one time at a game in Tampa uh, he was getting thrown out, and he, he – this is a grown man, Russ. This is, like, probably a 50-year-old man. He reached out and hit the uh, security guard's hat down. Like, he hit the bill of his hat down over his eyes and then ran away. <laughs> That's hilarious, though like, like, it was a Looney Tunes commercial. That's funny. I I, I almost had to uh, – I almost had a situation at the Sox game on Monday, and I almost had to um, – Finally, fight! You finally got all it? the people. These hands are um. Hey. Did, did the, had to get these hands out! What happened? Well, I missed all of this. Thankfully, Ooh. I was up Ooh. taking my. Uh, I'd taken one of my kids to get something to eat or go to the bathroom or something, and I came back to the seat and I put my hand on my wife's knee, and she goes, "You're not the only one who's done that today." And I was like, "Wait, what?" And it turns out. From what I was told, completely accidentally, uh, one of the fans who was trying to get out of the row went to put his hand down on the back of a, the chair in front of him to steady himself and, and then put his hand on my wife's knee. And both of them apparently were horrified by this. Neither of them had intended for this. To have, both of them were shocked. The guy was shocked that he did it. and was very It was very awkward, apparently. And I am just glad that I didn't have to find a way not to get in a fight during that situation
1: man you should have spun a block on dude man <laughs> <laughs> you got i don't care if it's intentional or not don't touch my wife oh yeah
2: you know that's right russ and i told my wife i said i said i said listen uh wife show me the guy that did it so i can uh, put these hands out for him listen a oh, wife is funny
1: <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm i don't want it you gotta protect that's your what i like. like that's why in accident boxing or not, you gotta bust that dude's head to the white meat. Like, I'm sorry, but you gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do it. Well, um, Russ, as you know, normally I would. I'm telling you, like you you see, ever since we talked about this, these situations have slowly crept up on you where you're just like, yes. Oh and I'm thinking about it. I'm you're gonna, gonna have to going. join
2: a fighting gym, a boxing gym. I'm gonna before, have to now. Before the year's over, we're gonna get you in some some beef
1: and you're gonna have to throw hands now. I need you to win, because if you don't, I'm a, we're going to come on here and talk
2: about you. Well, I probably won't, given my non-existent experience. So you want me in a fight. Tony wants us as a sh- show to fight. I, I think this ends with me fighting Adam Johns, I guess. Would that satisfy both of you? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a fair one. I'd say you have go to go after Hogan Johns. To, you'd have to fight Hogan Johns. Me fighting Hogan Johns. Yeah, you'd have so to. I'll, I'll, both of them will get to see the hands, Russ. Hogan is an athlete. One I of them will John- get the right hand. One of them will get the left hand. <laughs> but they'll see the hands. If us
1: as a, a pod, if we had to fit, fight another pod, there's not a, a, t- a long list of pods we can fight in Chicago besides <laughs> Hogan Johns.
2: I did two things in the past week that felt like back to normal. Like life was sure. pretty pandemic again. Yeah, it was going to White Sox games, two of them, and going to the movies on Friday. And I went to the Sox game Thursday with Tony, which I expected to be a totally, not totally, but pretty much normal experience. And then Lawrence Holmes and Herb Lawrence got way right out in front of that when I, I was on their show during the day that day and they're like you got to watch out for this you got to watch out for going to the game with Tony it's going to be a handful and apparently there was a big episode before where Tony couldn't get a funnel cake and that became a thing and so I was a little nervous but like I've hung out with Tony for that amount of time before and it's been again not totally normal but mostly normal normal enough. normal, yeah, like Tony level normal Russ okay. you know got it Um, but we were probably only there about 30 to 45 minutes before Tony uh, unloaded this proposal on me to eliminate the catcher position that that was just going to be no longer a part of baseball, no more catchers and also no more umpires. I mean, that's an easy one. You'll do robot umpires for sure. But I guess, Tony, what are you imagining there? Just a a brick wall behind home plate that just kind of the ball just deadens into that. And someone comes and picks it up.
0: There's like a giant, like kind of like bowling, right. Where you, throw the ball into this void and then it just comes back to you. Like on the side Into this like, void. Just, yeah. Like this whole little catching thing where Will it would be like it? a bowling
2: alley where it comes rolling back out to the mound on a, right. on a rack or something. Exactly. You just okay. goes underground. poof, There's the ball. All right. So there you go, Russ. Uh, one ninth of all position player jobs out the window, as well as one fourth of all umpire jobs. Um, I'm not doing this today. And do you I know mean, his biggest, seems like the worst job ever. Do you know his biggest complaint about going to games? He can't find the score.
1: Now I, all right. So that's funny that he says that because that is a complaint I hear from baseball writers all the time. Like you have all this stuff on these quote unquote scoreboards, but the actual score, the, the, the ribbons,
2: the led ribbons,
1: right? Like you have so much stuff. You got videos, you got games, you yep. got pictures, but like very rarely can you actually find the score when play is not happening and you should always have that
2: available. So well, I funny on that one. What was funny was a four-year-old kid sitting behind us raised the same complaint like an inning later. He was telling his parents he couldn't find where the score was. It's a
1: problem. I do think that's a problem. Like you you can't be in this gargantuan space and with all these screens that you have, you can't show the score in a large dimension anywhere. I don't think that's come on.
2: It's always there. It's always technically there, but it is not always prominent, easy to find right away.
1: Yeah. It needs to be more prominent than it is. Like when you're doing your little promotions and stuff, there should still be a space where, Hey, this is a score right now. So I don't think that's a, that's way better a complaint than the whole catcher situation.
2: Tony, did you hear this four year old kid behind us when uh, it got later in the game and he started talking about his stomach hurting.
0: Uh, I didn't hear that part, uh, but I was, getting I was nervous. there.
2: I was there when
0: they were doing opening lineups and he had a serious question about why is Tony Larusa
2: so old? Yes, the kid did. Yeah. He wanted to know why that old person was down there. Yes.
1: He's, he's, uh, he, wait, my question is the kid, Tony?
2: No, 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 no. This is this four-year-old kid is a separate person. Oh, okay. Sitting directly like behind us.
1: That sounds like a question Tony would ask.
2: Yeah, that, yeah. Since you mentioned that, Russ, I mean, I think I have this straight in my mind: which things were said by Tony, and which things were said by this four-year-old boy. But uh, we'll. It could get murky. Let's just say. <laughs> um, but like about the fifth inning, I started to get really worried. I did, You weren't aware of this. I didn't. I didn't mention anything about this to you, Tony, because he was. This kid started talking about not feeling good, and we did on our it, way out. What? You did on our way out. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to alarm you probably during the game, I think. But uh, he starts talking about his stomach hurting like in the fifth inning, and I started getting nervous like I was going to get some – like I was in the splash zone or something here, Russ, because one of the, his parents or whoever he was with was like, well, maybe that's because you ate a cheeseburger and a hot dog and French fries and funnel cake and ice cream. Maybe that's why, I little Mr. Mist- – I'm like, you're the parent, aren't you? Right. Hey, why did you let him have that? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Like if this breaks bad, I'm not going to be mad at the kid. If I get, you know, barf on the back of my shirt. Yeah.
1: That sounds like a bad time.
2: It's very nerve wracking watching a game and uh, spending, you know, innings on end worrying if that's going to happen by, I'd say from about the seventh inning to the end, I was, I had legitimate concerns that that was going to happen. Anyway, I took a few days after that, I took my family to the game and, uh, I w- I will say to Tony's credit he he outperformed my 7-year-old as far as watching the game. He Anna yes. checked out about 6 innings in was kind of done and just turned it into like this dance party up and down the stairs and was wanting to distract me by playing guess how many fingers I'm holding up behind my back which you'd be surprised how long that game can go on. <laughs> And then, of course, my kids were then very uh, amused or maybe not amused, but engaged in the last two innings of the fans yelling horrible things at Kevin Kiermeyer about his, himself and his wife. And uh, there, was this, there was this woman sitting behind us, and she was like – she defended Kirmeyer, which uh, I appreciate, but um, I'm not sure if I love the way she did it because she was like, Kiermeier, don't you listen to them. You have the sexiest ass ever. And uh, then she's like, she turns to me and she's, she's sitting like diagonally behind me. She turns to me and she's like, sorry for the language. And I was like, oh, okay, good. She realizes that we have kids and maybe doesn't want to keep yelling. And then she kept going. She kept going and it got, <laughs> it got more graphic and more obscene from there. So she was, she was sorry, but, uh, Over to a point sorry in the way that I'm sorry for eating all the, the rest of the goldfish that the kids have, you know, the goldfish crackers yeah. and the, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I still did it and I'm going to do it again. I'm sorry that
1: you you guys are here and I don't yeah. want to raise, I don't want you, your daughters to repeat this
2: language in the car, but <laughs> since you're here, my might as well. Keep yeah. More. yeah. I also, the other normal thing I did was I took my wife to see in the Heights on Friday. Have you guys seen that? No, no, okay. Tony's saying no. Russ is saying no, like it's a point of fact. Tony is saying no, like I can't believe you asked me that. Do you guys not like musicals? Oh, it's a musical. Yeah, I'm out. Okay, Russ is out. Yeah, I'm out. Tony, you loved Hamilton, didn't you? Yeah, that's different though. It's like it's this. No, it's not different. It's almost the same thing by the same guy. They're rapping. I'm good. All right. Well, it did feel just like going to the movies before the pandemic. Because is it
1: like Sound of Music musical or is it like um,
2: West Side Story? Because I like those. It is closer to West Side Story. But I would say it's. Closest to Hamilton, to be honest, even though they're set 200 years apart, it's the I same would- style of music. It's some of the same performers that got the lead actor. Uh, Anthony Ramos, I think, is his name Ramos is uh, is the guy that played John Lawrence in Hamilton. I wasn't a big Hamilton guy. So, yeah, I'm out. Okay, Well, you might like this, especially because it is about a neighborhood in New York called Washington Heights. And it has a very, very Latin flavor to it. And I know you appreciate it's very uh, it's very centered on Puerto Rican Americans and Dominican Americans, which I know you have an affinity for the DR, especially, but I think, I think you'll like that, but it did remind me of uh, life being back to normal because we went into the movie theater and there were six other people there. That's actually the best. Like, I don't, that's exactly how I remember movie theaters before the pandemic. Like, I don't want to go to the
1: movies when there's like the last, I think the last movie I went to before shutdown when did Endgame
2: come out? Was it 2020? Shutdown for you uh, lasted a month, right? I'm not doing this. Didn't we cover that already? I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. That was so, a hard three and
1: a half weeks. Anyway, the pandemic before that, Endgame came out in 2019, closer to the end of 2019. I think that was the last like big movie release that I saw. And it was one of those where you had to book the ticket online. Yeah. Yeah. Because all the seats were going to be gone. And so, yeah, that I think I would much rather go to a show that there was like eight people in there. You can sit wherever you wanted. And it's a much
2: more enjoyable experience. I think what happens now is you only go to the movies if you really, really like going to the movies. It's not just, hey, what do we do Friday night? Should we go to the movies? I guess. You only go if you really want to go. And so you don't have... Uh, how uh, a theater packed full of people that are just tweeting and checking their phones and you have lights kind of from the phones. That's very distracting to me. That kind of defeats the purpose of going to the movie. If I am hearing noises and lights and stuff, I I could go, I could, I could hear that at home. I could just try to watch a movie in my living room while my kids are running around the house.
1: There's also. No good. Like it's kind of, they're kind of like slow playing us back in the movies because there's nothing like amazing coming out. Like there's, Oh, six movies. There's four of these. I want to go see, like there's like two movies that come out every week and it's like, uh, neither of these are for me.
2: Well, I'm down to where it's only a few. It's only an occasional movie that I'm like, I really want to go see that in the theater with the big screen and the Mm -hmm. sound. Like when the new James Bond movie comes out later this year, I think it's later this year. They keep delaying it. I'll love to go see that in the theater big explosive action movies are fun in the theater in the Heights was pretty fun in the theater. I'm glad I went and saw it there instead of just getting it on HBO max or something like that. But maybe we should do a show trip to the movies. Maybe the three of us should go see whatever fast and the furious they're on right now. Which one of those comes out? this year? 25. They're already up to 25. It feels like the, I think they're on like eight or nine. I think I checked
0: out around number two or three. They're they're at nine right now, and there's been plans on fusing the franchises of Jurassic Park and Fast and Furious. The dinosaurs drive the cars? I I don't know how it would turn out, but I think that's
1: I
2: think that's the one we should go see in the show (laughs) when they merge the two. or if they merge that in Hamilton and they make a musical out of Fast and the Furious. Tony, you seem like you'd like the Fast and the Furious movies. No, I'm out on Fast and Furious. Really? Same. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like you would love a car on the back of a speedboat jumping into a helicopter like that's your kind of movie. I do, but also need a,
0: a at least a decent enough storyline like Mission Impossible. All in uh, John Wick series. All in. Yep. Yeah. Fa- N- National, National Treasure. Series, mm-hmm. National
2: Treasure. All in. Yeah. I started watching Nat- National Treasure, too, by the way. And uh, I only made it through about the first hour. But I was already laughing before it even started. I was laughing just at the description on Disney+. Plus. Do you want to hear this? No. Usually Tony does the reading, but I want to read this. To prove his ancestors' innocence and find the lost city of gold, Ben Gates and his team must weave their way toward a mysterious and highly guarded book containing centuries of secrets. But there's only one way to find it. Ben must kidnap the president. How does that
0: not want... Like, you not want to rush to a movie theater right now? So, a couple
1: weeks ago, I was listening to Lawrence's... Our executive producer, Lawrence Holmes. One of his podcasts. And it's like the little intro-outro that he does. Where he's talking to the people. And he's talking about the newest podcast on the network. Which is Young Tony Gill who is on one of his 41 podcasts, uh, Chris Ranji and Melissa Rakitis? And he was saying that in his Avengers MCU network that he's building, those guys are like guardians of the galaxy. And so it got me thinking like, all right, if those guys are guardians of the galaxy, who are Jason and I in, if we're going to put the Avengers together on Lawrence's network. And so, you guys are both
2: big uh, Marvel guys, right? That we've I've talked seen about the movies. Before. I've seen them all. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'd be considered a big Marvel guy. I guess. So you I've know seen enough the of
1: the characters and the, yeah. the oh the, yeah, the players in there to know like yeah. and to decide. So who would you be, Jason, if you had to say like who am you? Who are you most like? Because I have a guy in mind, but I want to see who you pick. Iron Dr. Man, Dr. no Strange. doubt.
2: I'm Iron Man, or I quit right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. The funnier part is that Tony said Doctor Strange, that made me laugh.
2: Didn't we already do this segment? Is this a rerun? We no, we did We I talked could, about we talked fifteen about, episodes in, and we're doing reruns. No,
1: we talked about we talked about. Do you like Marvel? And I said no. I said I, and then I said I watched all the Avengers out
2: of order. And then that's Go how ahead. we got. It. So, Go ahead. I mean, I'm Iron Man, or I leave the show. You can, <laughs> now, you pick your pick. I
1: mean, if, it, if you're going to say you're Iron Man because you're kind of a bag, I would say <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also, I do think you're Iron Man. Um,
2: that's the close. You need him. He drives the show. You need him. He drives something.
1: Um, yeah, I think you would be Iron Man out of the two. I don't know who I would be because I I think it's I don't want to just be
2: Black Panther because I'm Black. And the Iron Man's like, black friend, Don Cheadle,
1: <laughs>
2: War Machine. <laughs>
1: War Machine. <laughs> you know it's funny. I was looking <laughs> last night. And I was like, "Dang, the other?" Don Cheadle is the other black person in this thing. But I'm just like, "All right, could I be?" Because I, I, when thinking when Lawrence was talking, he was like, "He has a black, he has a Black per- Panther person in mind," and it wasn't me. So I was just like, "All right, clearly I have to find somebody else." So I'm like, "Am I Falcon?" Am I- that's whack. If I'm Falcon out of all the Marvel people, I might quit the podcast. If I'm not who's, at least
0: Thor. Who's who's the most active? Thor. <laughs> no, 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 active. Yeah, oh. no, Thor.
1: I think he's right. Oh my god, I know what Tony's saying. Yeah. I'm not. <sighs> Why can't I just be the funny guy with the hammer, Tony? Why can't <laughs> no pun intended. Whoa. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: i didn't i didn't mean it like that but
0: you <laughs> fix
1: i'm definitely thor though because yeah. i think
0: you could
2: be deadpool
1: i wouldn't hate that but is he part of avengers though
2: no i a don't a even Marvel know character he's doing thor let him do thor tony Go. Oh my gosh. Let him see if he can pull it together and explain why he's Thor. Well, I did. I think, I think Thor is. No. Oh, oh yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> think- I'm just thinking maybe I you think- want to try again.
1: I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, think-, <laughs> <laughs> I, think- <laughs> I think. I think Thor can be both serious at times when he needs to be. And he can also be really funny. And I think I could be both serious and funny when I need to.
0: Um, Ah, so your dream is so, so your dream is to be a blonde haired, blue eyed white man.
1: Tony, I'm not doing this with you. I'm not doing <laughs> come on, man. No, that's not what I'm getting at, Tony. Oh my gosh. There's no way to uh to make write the ship on this one. We're just gonna have to end it.
0: <laughs> I don't think I can make it
1: through. Yo, it's Russ Dorsey. Look, you've been waiting. I've been waiting. And now it's time. Sports adjacent merch is now available for pre order on obvious shirts.com. That's obvious shirts.com. Look, you want some new merch? You want some stuff that says sports adjacent? Maybe Tony Gill versus libraries? Maybe you love Russ Dorsey? We have shirts for you too. Go to obvious shirts.com, make your pre orders, and you'll have that merch in no time. But don't forget, because we have this great partnership with our friends over at Avia shirts, you can use promo code adjacent 10 to get 10% off your purchase. That's promo code adjacent 10 to get 10% off your purchase. Avia shirts, words on shirts.
0: So guys, as you guys know, um, the vaccine is out and it's doing for wonders for people. Oh, uh, for COVID-19. I mean, readily available. If we're talking about about vaccines, there's only really one to to talk about. It's, it's, I mean, there's a polio vaccine. Yeah. And and that's, I mean, the whole thing about vaccines, right, is seems simple. It's something that you learn in in school about how they work. Uh, Elementary school, like that, it's not even really advanced or anything. Um, They explain it pretty well. I thought I had a very good understanding coming up of what vaccines are. And it seems like people forgot what they learned in school about vaccines. Uh, And it's really showing that our school system has failed uh, a lot of our adults uh, in American society. Uh, And it's really people are really showing themselves. uh, People that you thought were smart aren't as smart as you thought. And it's really about this,
2: about this. It doesn't invalidate your entire personhood because you have a dumb opinion on this. I mean, it's a pretty big opinion though. Pretty big one to mess up on.
0: Um, And so, you know, you hear these athletes and they say, Oh, well, we're going to do, I'm going to do more research and I haven't gotten it. And I, I just, one, don't lie to me, you know, when you say you're doing your research, you're not doing research. You're not in there with test tubes and beakers and with glasses
2: on, you know, putting things over bunts and burners. Right. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I think if I can interject for a second, Russ, I think I don't know if you're getting this a lot covering the Cubs, but I've been hearing it with the Bears. I think that answer of I'm still doing my research in general in sports media right now is code for I'm not doing it.
1: Well, I thought that was is that how you interpret well, that. Was, that? Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was the key right away. Like, yeah. You're listening to some of these answers, and we've been doing this job long enough. Like you, you can kind of see through the BS. And I I don't think there's yeah, I think 99 percent of the time, if it's hey, I'm still doing my research, that's yeah, I'm not getting it. Um and so like two of the athletes I cover on an everyday basis aren't getting it. Um, and it's just like they, those guys are loved by their fan bases, but the fan bases are disappointed in those guys because you look around and you, it's, it's almost, and you can understand why, like we've gone through this thing for over a year now. So many people have died. I think almost 3 million around the globe in the last 16 months have died from COVID. And it's just like, it makes people feel like these guys don't care and i think part of it is just like as human beings it's just like you you have to show a little bit more empathy and yo know, it's it's being a, a good human being and helping your fellow man etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think us as a society we're not good at that anyway but when it's there's always this talk of team in sports and yeah. being a teammate and being a family, I think that word's overused in sports a lot of times. It's like, oh, well, if you are, why wouldn't you want to make sure you protect the other guys in that locker room, clubhouse,
2: whatever, whatever the sport may be? Well, and in a family, you don't kick grandpa out of the house when he can't hit 270 anymore. Right.
0: But, but, but also with, like, know, I mean, the, to, to Russ's, Russ's point, and we're not using any names or any yeah. specifics, but somebody had it and was going like, on a media tour saying how bad it was for him to have it. And to have people okay. that he works with, that he told this story to, the scary story mm-hmm. of his battle with COVID, and for them to be like, eh, whatever. Somebody like, they see every day. Right. Like that's that's gotta, that's gotta be extremely and disappointing. Was a healthy,
1: in-shape dude that got it. I think that makes with no pre-existing conditions. I think that makes a big difference. And then to still be like I'm kind of good That's it's and have no other thing to back up why they wouldn't other than it's my personal choice, you know, like it's, that's what makes it frustrating. And for me as a reporter and Jason, you probably feel this way too. It's just like, I, I can only ask so many questions uh, with still being res- respectful as a professional and all that. But then for me as rest the person, it's kind of like, I'm not, we've talked, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's like, I'm not going to argue with adults about why they should do the right thing. You know, it's just like, if you want to put yourself at risk after 16 months of going through COVID, it's kind of on you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's annoying to hear the, I'm still doing research because you can find an epidemiologist, uh, epidemiologist wherever all these teams have them they have team doctors that they trust with their lives they have team doctors that they see every day they have team doctors that have helped them through a lot of injuries and stuff that would point them in the right direction so you've trusted this doctor your entire career right but you don't trust them with this that's the only doctor you've known since you were 17 18 years
2: old a lot of the time but nah, i don't trust you with this and and you'll let him rebuild your knee with 60 million dollars on the line no questions asked Go ahead Tony what else did you want to add to this? We derail yeah, and, you.
0: No and and it's not like we all haven't had vaccines. You're yeah. taking a bunch of vaccines by the time you're an adult. You can't go to normal school if you don't have poli. the what smallpox polio, polio MMR measles like so it's it's not like anything new that we're doing here. And it's just confusing to me why people can't grasp the concept of you're being extremely selfish. If if this was the case where y- it, you were putting yourself at risk and that's it, but
2: you're putting the people around you also at risk too. Right. Mainly yourself though. Mainly you're the one taking mm-hmm. that chance. And uh, it doesn't seem like a chance I would want to take, but I, I don't think I know anybody in my circle who isn't getting vac- it's not something I talk about a lot with people but I don't think I know anybody that isn't getting vaccinated or hasn't already gotten vaccinated. Do you guys have people in your inner circles that are anti-vax? No. Yes. Not even a friend or anything, Rose? No. None. Tony, you yes. Um
0: and I gotta keep them at arm's distance. Yeah. I mean you It's funny because those people are the same people that want to open up everything and get things back to normal. And we all do. Mm -hmm. And here's a path to do so. Now I want to do that.
2: Yeah. You can't sit here and complain. I mean, nobody liked the way things had been during lockdown. Nobody enjoyed that. You can't sit here and complain about all of those things. And then here's the solution. It's ready. It's free. And now, now you don't even need an appointment. Now you can walk into any uh, Walgreens, Walmart grocery store. You could probably get one done at Taco Bell at this point. They were doing them at the ballpark. They were doing them at the white Sox park the, uh, the other night when I was there. Um, Russ, as much as I'm still doing my research seems to be code for, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. I also think that when a player says like Cole Komet, the bears tight end said last week, I don't want to, I don't want to answer that. I don't want to comment either way on my vaccination status, something like that. I think that's also interpreted as I'm not doing it. I see I've heard that's that where one. I have a little bit of an issue. Go ahead. I've
1: heard that one too. It's uh that could be either I'm not getting it and I don't want to have to deal with questions about it, or it's also I got it, but a lot of people on this team aren't. And so I don't want to throw my teammate under the bus by saying, Yeah, I got it, and I think they should too.
0: Throw them <laughs> under the bus. Do it.
2: <laughs> do <laughs> it. We're still do? <laughs> they're still back there with their beakers and Bunsen burners, Tony, and, uh, and microscopes adding different particles and mixing different things, seeing what kind of concoction they can get. But look, we do a podcast and we're going to be on here and be honest and transparent. So I- I'll just say it. I got vaccinated first chance I got, but I also don't feel like I need to comment about my personal medical situation or health. And so I would be one of these players probably who did get vaccinated and doesn't feel like it's any of your business for me to have to answer that question. I mean,
0: uh, I don't know how I feel about that when in terms of public safety. Like this is a public health concern. We've been dealing with this as a world for over a year. And again, If this was just individuals and it wasn't a spreading situation, I 100% get it if people didn't wanna say or whatever, but it deals with all of us. It concerns all of us together. If there was a place where we can separate the society, but we know that's not possible. That's not a thing. We all have to intermingle. We all have to coexist with each other to make this life work. Uh, for everyone. And it's just weird that people don't want to do anything or spread the normalcy of doing things for the group. And I think ultimately, honestly, future prediction, that mentality is going to destroy the United States. Just in general. This is my wild yeah, that's take. theory. Yeah, it's a hot take. Yeah, it is extremely hot
2: take. I thought you were going to go with Bucks and Seven or something today, but instead you went with the (laughs) destruction of America.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah,
2: greed and selfishness,
0: it doesn't reverse, I don't think, in my opinion. I think it only grows from here. And this is just a small example of how selfish uh, the American society can be
2: when there's an opportunity to help the group and they don't want to. What do you think, Russ? You're a reporter. You know the difference between – Uh, questions that you want the answer to and questions that you believe you're entitled to the answer to. Um, How do you feel about asking guys about their vaccination status if they don't want to tell you that?
1: Personally, for me, uh, I know this might come off weird to people, but I don't think we are entitled to anything as far as that goes um if guys want to share like both of these dudes did cool like if we ask and i think it's our job to ask but if somebody says i don't want to answer that what are we gonna no you have to tell us i don't think you have to do anything well we have our answer i think Well, I I think to your point, Tony, I think you leave yourself open to interpretation at that point. And you can't get upset when people say, well, that person is not vaccinated, even if that's not true. Like because you didn't clarify, you leave yourself open to giving people that option and and that perspective on you. So you do yourself a better you're better off saying, look, I'm not vaccinated. Then, well, I don't want to answer that for personal choice. You know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. I don't think we're entitled to anything in our business. I think uh, it's our responsibility to ask, but if somebody chooses not to answer, I don't think they have to, but like this situation in others, you leave yourself open to interpretation based off of your non-answer.
2: It's been interesting to me to watch the NFL handle this versus the other leagues, because I felt like, I feel like the NFL has been able to just because of the timing has been able to watch the other leagues handle it first and then decide what they want to do. And that happened when this started in spring of 2020, the NFL was the last league that had their seasons. They had the most time between when that, uh, when everything shut down and when the season was supposed to start. And it's happening again now with reopening where the NFL is watching the other leagues reopen first, basically. And you're seeing the NBA And I think baseball doing this as well, Russ, they're offering incentives. They're offering perks where it's like, Hey, if you get vaccinated or if 85% of your team gets vaccinated, you can have this back or this back. The NFL I think is going to go a little bit different way of they will make it. So it's so frustrating to do your job. If you're not vaccinated that I think there'll be guys that get it because of that. And that doesn't feel totally fair to me, but we, to Tony's point, maybe we're in a place where the ends justifies the means.
1: I think they're going to start, especially in baseball, as you get more and more of these teams and they're at 23 of the 30 teams have reached the threshold. I think they're going to lower the bar so that these other teams can get under. I think that would be a bad look if they did that, but I feel like those other teams – if, if they get there and it's just the team I cover that's the one that has not I think that's a bad look for them. But I think at some point we're going to get here and they're going to be like, all right, you get you guys across the finish line. We're going to make it 80%, right? And and then go from there. So, yeah, I, I think it's just something each day was just like, something that should seem simple is not. And then there's always this fight about, people being smarter than people that have gone to school for years and studied for years to, to help us in situations like these. So yeah, weird all around.
2: When you sent me this personality test thing last night, I was very worried Mm -hmm. because you're you're on, because I got this text at like midnight or 1am and you're on the East coast. So you're Mm -hmm. an hour later and we're going to record in the morning the next day. And I was like, if Russ is looking at this at 2 a.m., I, I'm i worried about what time he's going to be awake for the podcast or how awake. And yet you have pleasantly surprised me. You have been for all of our morning recordings. You've been incredibly we haven't had to like kind of ease you into it through the shallow end. You you woke up like you sprung to life when the mic turned on and I loved it. You
1: have your times off because I sent this at 12.55 a.m. Eastern Time, which was 11.55. Okay, so about 1 a.m. All right. And so then I woke up. We recorded at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. So that's plenty of time to get a full eight hours of sleep and make sure I have everything for the podcast. So I think you were just kind of concerned that a morning recording would
2: would put me down that path of not being good. None of us do well in the morning. Um, before we before we go on with this, uh, Sumit, what, 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 what woman got you on this? <laughs> I know that's how this started. Let's not uh, make it gender specific. I know this came from a date.
1: Actually, the funniest part is anytime I've talked about it, it's because somebody who I had seen had brought it up. And so...
2: Somebody you've seen, like, uh, like you know, a date. Like I said, yes. Not just you saw a person, or you saw someone walking toward you. Correct. Seen like, seen. Yeah. So
1: I had taken it. I had taken it in school, uh, in college, a couple, uh, a couple years ago, and I had never done anything with it. I just knew what the thing I, the personality, quote unquote, the Myers Briggs test that I was. But after having a conversation with a person about it a couple weeks ago, I'm just like, hmm, this would be a good thing to talk about on the podcast. So I sent it to you and said, "Hey, before we record, take this
2: this personality test." Yeah. And I did. How long did it take you to do, Tony? Uh, I'm sorry, I did not participate. Okay, great job.
0: thank you. Yeah, sure. quality production there, Tony. Good job. The executive
1: producer
2: of our podcast. <laughs> Tony <laughs> is getting help. a little less reliable lately. I've noticed, even for him. I'm
1: disappointed. I'm disappointed, Tony. Like, you're all about the content. You're the content king. Mm. Yet, I sent this at a reasonable hour.
2: And I'm like, yo, Tony will be up. Oh, he was up. He was awake. 100% chance you were awake and saw that text. And we're like, nah, they don't pay me enough to do this. <laughs> Something that takes five minutes.
1: Takes, yeah, I, was, I said 10. It took just
2: yeah. five minutes to do. Yeah, but, I think but, we, we got the personality test on Tony there, Russ. That, that pretty much answered it. <laughs>
1: Sony has the uh, even though it would help our
2: content, I'm not going to do it personality. Right. Yeah. It's a good thing that that wasn't uh, part of the job application process for the show.
1: So the Myers-Briggs personality test, Jason scored or got the ENFJ personality, which is also coincidentally the one that I got on my personality test. So
2: does that mean we would get along theoretically or not get along? Correct.
1: That that it's in theory, one of the reasons we get along so well is because we have similar personalities.
2: Couldn't that be a reason why we sometimes wouldn't get along?
1: I wouldn't say no Cause we have common things that we both enjoy. Um, ENFJs care about people like to communicate energetic. And I think we com- we're connect on that level. So. That would, that's, that makes sense that we, we, ha- we have this friendship now, but I want to read off for the people, what ENFJs are. So when you're thinking about Jason and I, I'm like, ah, that fits their personality. Okay. So, and th- by the way, everything on here is not going to be hundred percent true. It's just a.
2: No, I disagree. This is an absolute <laughs> like medical evaluation Russ sent me some website called 16 personalities.com. And at the end, when it gives you your results, it comes with a cartoon character. This is very official. It's easier for people to understand. Hey, this is not a joke. All right. We're not doctors, but we're pretty close.
1: ENFJs are typically energetic and driven. Often have a lot on their plates.
2: Seems, seems like us so far. Yeah. Wait till you have kids.
1: I can definitely do that. They are turned into the needs of others and are acutely aware of human suffering. However, they also tend to be optimistic and forward thinking, intuitively seeing opportunity for improvement. The ENFJs are ambitious, but their ambition is not self-serving. Rather, they feel personally responsible for making the world a better place.
2: How about that? Yeah, that's right. The world no, I, needs I agree. to be made better, and I feel like it's my job, and the stress from that weighs on me constantly.
1: I, I actually agree with that. I think that's I think that's right on on brand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ENFJ is an acronym used to describe one of the 16 personality types created in the Myers Briggs personality test. It stands for extroverted, intuitive feeling, and judging. ENFJ indicates a person who is energized by time spent with others, uh, extroverted, who focuses on ideas and concepts rather than facts and details, intuitive, who makes decisions based on feelings and values, and who prefers to be planned and organized rather than spontaneous and flexible. ENFJs are referred to as a teacher's type of personality, but uh, because of their interest in helping others develop and grow. Still on
2: brand? Pretty much. Yeah. I felt like a lot of my answers were erratic. Like I was answering kind of differently to similar questions at different times. So you lied. No, it just was like certain questions that feel like they're getting toward the same thing, but I had
1: very different thoughts on it. I think over the course of the questions, it would balance
2: out. Probably. (laughs) Also, you seem to feel like you won the personality test somehow like this is i don't is one is one <laughs> like you so, beat the game here is is one personality considered better than another or is so it
1: just
2: how like, rare here's your personality here's your personality
1: how rare is the enfj personality type okay enfj is one of the less common types in the population especially hmm. for men among men enfj is the second rarest type Oh. ENAs, ENFJs make up 3% of the general population, 3% of women and 2% of men. So, yes, I did win the game. <laughs> okay. Uh, famous ENFJs include Oprah, Pope John Paul II. Mm. Two of my heroes right there off the top. <laughs> Maya Angelou, <laughs> Ralph Nader, and Martin Luther King. mm don't don't do this. <laughs>
2: no, nope. mm-hmm. Tony,
1: stop. Stop it. You stop it.
2: Interesting. <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the quiz was there was a question that said you usually postpone finalizing decisions for as long as possible, and I marked one thing, and then the ne- and then as I was going on to the next question, I was like, wait, no, and then I changed it to be more accurate as I thought about it more. And the very next question was, you rarely second guess the choices that you have made.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I just thought that would be a fun thing for uh, us to, I thought all three of us would do it, but you know, Tony being the person that he was said, no F this personality. I'm going to
2: have my own personality, create my (laughs) own brand. Which I think he has done pretty successfully, to be honest. You remember, Russ, we did a whole segment a month or two ago about, and Tony had this idea that you could, instead of doing one of these personality tests to hire somebody or not hire somebody, you could instead just ask them who their favorite basketball player is. And Tony made it very clear that what you would never do is hire someone who said Russell Westbrook. And he just Russell Westbrook to this entire assignment. (laughs) Russ, we had a lot of things to talk about today that we didn't get to.
1: The rundown. Let's get it.
2: Yes. Uh, one of those was I had an idea that we could talk about our dads because it's Father's Day. And that was met with absolute thudding silence of no return text from either of you two about that. So I hope your <laughs> fathers are really proud of you. Is that how you say no to something that I text you, Russ, just by not answering it? Is that, am I, uh, should I learn to interpret those as No. You know, it's funny. I think about I'm asking, on- honestly, no. And I'm going to answer. Honestly,
1: I think about a group chat often. The one that you and I have and the one that me, you and Tony have. Well, it's not a group
2: chat. It's just you and me texting. If it's just you and me.
1: But it's just like, I, you know what I do for a living. So sometimes I can't always answer. Okay. And so sometimes I forget. So it's
2: not, if that's me- what it is. That's what I wanted to
1: know. Yeah. It's not me ignoring you. Okay. So like I saw the father's day idea didn't get back to you because i might have been about to do an interview or on my way to the ballpark or something where i just can't answer right now but i did see it and it's not me ignoring you tony might be ignoring you but yeah i i usually nine times out of ten i saw it and the plan is always to get back to you
2: anyway i love my dad and appreciate him I Uh, (laughs) love you dad also a listener of this podcast Chris Paul with a shoulder injury in the sweep over the Nuggets, 25.5 points per game, 10.3 assists, five rebounds, shot 63%. He's 36 years old. He has a player option for $44 million next year that he might decline because he could get more at 36. I
1: I was going to tell you that was a really fun series to watch the Suns. Um, That was on my list of uh, things that we didn't talk about too. Do you know anybody on the Suns that's not Chris Paul or Devin Booker? Or DeAndre Aiden?
2: Uh, the guy from the Bulls, Payne.
1: <laughs> Cameron
2: Payne? Cameron Payne.
1: Hey. That actually turned into a pretty good, like, productive player for them after he left.
2: Amari Stoudemire. And you're about 10 years too late, buddy. Is he gone? Grant Hill. Uh, Barry Bonds entered a miniature schnauzer named Rocky in the Westminster Dog Show. And I saw a video of him being interviewed about it. That was not Barry Bonds. Yeah, he seemed totally different. He looks great, by the way. He looks very thin, but he talked like. N- I've never heard Barry Bonds sound as friendly and lighthearted and almost just like your happy next door neighbor in that interview. And I want Tony to read what he had to say about entering the Westminster Dog Show.
0: And now
1: Tony Gill reads.
0: Hey right, guys. This is from uh, Fox Sports. This is Tony Gill Reads. This is just amazing. Just to be here, to see it, it's beautiful. I've watched it on TV many of years, but to actually be here is
2: amazing. And to actually have a dog here makes it even more gratifying. He sounded so happy. It made me happy for Barry Bonds because he has had such a checkered history in public life and he's hated by so many people he's defended by so many people it has never seemed all that pleasant to be barry bonds to me and he genuinely seems like he has found some kind of peace
1: i mean it's the first time people love dogs so that brings the best out of people also probably the first time in 10 years he hasn't been asked about steroids so i can understand him being very happy in that
2: interview I'm taking it a step further, Russ. I'm judging from this two-minute clip that Barry Bonds has found inner peace and happiness. Kevin Durant's bodyguard rushed onto the court in game three to protect him from PJ Tucker. Hmm.
0: Prepare to throw those hands.
2: Yeah. Not Thanos or anything, just PJ Tucker. Kevin Durant's personal bodyguard onto the Russ, did you see the video? What'd you think of that?
1: I think um if I was worth as much as Kevin Durant, I'd have a bodyguard come defend me on the court too.
2: Okay. But you don't want your mom coming out there running out to help you when you get hurt in a little league game, right? So are you if you're Kevin Durant, are you pleased with this guy or are you uh angry and embarrassed that this guy felt the need to run out there instead of letting you handle PJ Tucker yourself?
1: If I'm Kevin Durant, that's why I pay this bodyguard. You're giving him a raise.
2: Yes. Okay. Don't let anybody put their hands on me man. <laughs> Um, Australian pop star Cody Simpson. Do you recognize that name? Singer?: Yeah. He's like 24 years old, and I think he's been famous for 10 or 15 years. He's been yeah, a pop star. The first time I saw was like him, 10.
1: First time I saw him, he was like 17 or 18, and he was on a uh, ridiculousness.
2: He finished 23rd among 92 swimmers in his country's Olympic swimming trials, and that's nowhere near qualifying. In the same way, it's not it's not apples to apples, but in the same way that I was impressed by DK Metcalf, what? Oh, what was he running? Yeah, yeah. Any of these guys that any of these guys that have been out of a sport or haven't been training professionally, if they get back into it and even do decently, like Tim Tebow when he did baseball, he was not great, but to even go into the minors and hit 250 or 260 for a year, I find that impressive because it's really hard to step away and then come back. So finishing 23rd out of 92 swimmers. I found that impressive. For that might second. be
1: that might be more impressive than DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf like runs for a living. Yeah, and like yeah, he the fact that he ran that time at that size is insane. But for Cody Simpson to be a pop star yeah. and to be twenty third in the country in the Olympic trials, it's not like he swims for a living; like he sings for a living. So I think that's that's pretty amazing. Like, does imagine sing-
2: if he tried and trained. Yeah, if he'd spent his, he dedicated his entire life to that. Being Olympics. Instead of to writing hot beats like this, he did a uh, song with Flowrider called I, I. I. Have you heard this song? Yes. This is today. This is another Reading with Tony segment. Go ahead, Tony. Read us some lyrics from this.
1: And now, Tony Gill
2: reads.
0: All right, guys. Another uh, Reading with Tony segment here. All right. Where
2: I read. Tony, that's what the segment is called. We know that. Why do you always do this? Let him in. We have one it. segment. We do we have... this every week, Jason. Let he him do He does this it. every week. It drives me crazy. We have one segment dedicated Just let him to him do do it. His one let of his greatest it. skills, which is narration, and he creates an intro to it, and then he repeats the intro after the intro plays every you say, time. You say he's so good. Just let him do it.
0: Just let him do his thing. I gotta get okay. in the shooting rhythm again. Here we go,
2: Tony. Do we do the intro to our show as a whole, and then say, "Here is the show"? No,
0: you guys are different. This is this is something special. I gotta get my mind right. I gotta. It's a whole thing.
2: I'm getting rid of this. Get- I'm getting rid of it. Like it's become not fun anymore. You milk this for so much. It's ridiculous.
1: And now, Tony Gill reads.
0: Anyway, back to the reading. Why read? Remember when we first met? I had to tell you that I couldn't live without your love. Baby, I must confess. We were the perfect match. You were a gift sent from above. When you're thinking about me, text 143. That means I love you. Girl, I'll be your everything and all you need. Oh, baby, let your heart take the lead. Oh.
2: Why does 143 mean I love you?
0: I have no idea what that was. I
2: was just as confused. I'm so tired of your reading segments, by the way. Whoopi Goldberg's real name, Russ, is Karen Elaine Johnson. I don't know if you were aware of this, but you need to be. I was. And she told the New York Times that she got the name Whoopi because she was so gassy that people told her she was like a Whoopi cushion. It's not a rumor. She said that.
1: (laughs) I think that's what America needs right now. That story exactly.
2: (laughs) And finally, in the news... A taxidermist in Croatia has created a frog museum called Froggyland, in which 507 preserved frogs have been arranged in 21 displays. He says most of his customers are American and British tourists. And he says that he has investors who want to open one in the U.S. soon. Froggyland. Somebody gave Froggyland a one star review out of five and said, yes, let's kill thousands of frogs for art and ask people, did you have fun at the end of it? It's small, tacky beyond belief, and morbid. Go to it if you have no soul. How can you let me read that? That's their one-star review on uh, on TripAdvisor. But as you know, on some of these websites, the owners of these businesses will respond, Russ? Yeah. The owner got in and said... These type of frog is usual type of green frog that people consume on everyday basis and they end up in a sewage. Also, this was made 100 years ago when taxidermy was popular. And my favorite part is we don't understand why someone who has that kind of opinion even decides to come in here.
1: (laughs) It's a good point. It's a good good point.
2: Oh man, that's funny. Froggy land coming soon to America. On that note, <laughs> they did that. And uh, I remember that in the movie Dinner for Schmucks. Did you see that movie with Steve Carell? He did it with mice. He arranged mice in different scenes from history.
1: Oh. So that's going to do it for Sports of Jason this week. Uh, a fun show. We talked about a lot of things. We discovered that Jason is Iron Man and I am Thor. Um. As always, make sure you're going on the podcast. <laughs> going on the podcast, app on Apple. Uh, like, subscribe, give us five stars. Tell your friends about it. Send emails, tweet us, do whatever you do. We love getting interaction from people who listen to the pod. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming. And for Russ Dorsey, Jason Leisure,
0: Tony Gill, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms.
1: I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother
2: (laughs) Land has 600 reviews on uh, TripAdvisor, by the way. So about 10 times the amount of reviews we have on Sports Adjacent. (laughs)